First Baptist Melbourne podcast, making disciples here and everywhere for the glory of God. Happy New Year. Good morning. Uh, I'm Paul Medley, Senior Adult Minister here, and uh, I think I've fallen into the wonderful, glorious routine. I love it that I get to preach the sermon every year that nobody's here to listen to. <laughs> Actually, the, the staff's away, and, and they called on me to come and do it, and uh, I'm honored to be a, a part of the ministry team here and uh, a part of our church. And uh, How many of you stayed up and watched the, the, the football game last night all the way to the end? All the way to the end. Well, I'm going to tell you, I watched it all the way through. And if this preacher gets... If this preacher gets boring this morning, I'm taking a nap. <laughs> it's a delight to have you with us this morning. I love it when our pastor comes and stands in the pulpit and says, if you have your Bible, and I hope you do, I think that's a grand, grand verse, our, our, our words. So I'm going to repeat it. If you have your Bible, and I hope you do, take it and turn with me this morning to Ezekiel. Chapter 47, Ezekiel chapter 47. I want to talk about deep water this morning. We read these words out of the Word of God. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits and he brought me through the waters and the water came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through, and the water came up to my waist. And again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep, water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. Will you bow with me in prayer, please? Lord, thank you for your holy word. Thank you for the opportunity to share your word today. And Lord, my sincere prayer is that I be taken out of the equation and that you speak through me. Lord, we're not here to be told what a great sermon it is or what a great job you did or any of those nice things. Lord, we're here today to worship, to glorify you and to ask you, Father, through your holy word to speak to our hearts. My sincere prayer this morning is through your word and the fumbling of your, your servant that, Father, you would speak to our hearts, you would change lives, and you would be glorified in all that we do. Father, this is my sincere prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, many of you, the coming of a new year as a time of new beginning, and a few people view as a time of reflection on the events of the previous year. 
Uh, some of us make grandiose promises uh, of much needed changes in our lives. And some of those changes are spiritual. Uh, some of us say, I'm going I'm to go to church more. I'm going to give more. I'm going to do more in the name of the Lord. I'm going to attend more. Uh, I'm going to be more attentive to my family or, or my friends or, or my faith. Others look over the year behind them and say, you know, that really wasn't that bad of a year. There's not a whole lot I'd do different. And for them, this is a day simply to say, I'm going to keep it like it is. Nothing needs changing. I'm satisfied. I'm happy with what I've got. And there's a few of us that will make that grand and, and glorious promise to God. Lord, I'm not going to procrastinate any longer about anything in my life. And starting tomorrow, I'm going to fulfill that promise. Whether we see ourselves making many or few changes. Whether we're satisfied with the way things are or we're longing for more, we should all have one goal in common. Every one of us. From the richest to the poorest, from the youngest to the oldest, from the least educated to the most educated, from the least prominent to the most prominent from the most pious to the worldliest. Every one of us should have the same goal from the coming year. Each of us should strive for more depth in the Lord, more growth in God's grace. We should know that the Holy Spirit of God is not through with us yet. May I respeak, repeat that? We must know the Holy Spirit of God is not through with us yet. There's still much for us to do, much for us to learn, much for us to accomplish in the will of the Lord. The faith that we now have ought to be different from the faith we had when we became believers. The way we approach life and ministry and the way we approach one another ought to be different from the way it was when we began our faith journey. On December the 10th, 1972, 50 years ago, if you want to do the math, I preached my very first sermon. Preaching today starts my 50th year of preaching. I hope that I'm different today than I was 50 years ago. And I hope no one leaves thinking, I can't believe anybody was worse than that. <laughs> but let me tell you, 50 years ago, I preached my very first sermon. It was in a small Southern Baptist church in Northeast Louisiana, in the community or the city of Bastrop, where I grew up. And on that particular Sunday morning, my mother and part of my siblings were sitting out there. Some of my extended relatives were there. A handful of church people were there from that particular church. If my family hadn't been there, there probably would have only been about 10 people. And I got up to preach, and my first sermon was based on John 3.16. And somewhere I had gotten into my mind that a good Baptist preacher 
preached 30 minutes at least. And if he couldn't preach 30 minutes, it wasn't a sermon. So I was prayed up. I was prepared up. I got up. I gave every bit of the knowledge I had, used all of the illustrations that I had mustered, used all of the understanding that I I had accomplished, and then I looked at the clock and 10 minutes had passed. (laughs) So I did what any self-respecting Southern Baptist pastor would do. I preached that sucker two more times. (laughs) You think I'm joking. Unfortunately, I'm not. There should be a difference. There should be a difference between my faith today and my faith when I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. There should be a difference in each of our lives. My faith ought to be stronger. I ought to have more depth and knowledge. I shouldn't be discouraged as as easily or readily ready to quit. My feelings should not be hurt as quickly. I should not be more, I should be more convinced, more convicted, more committed to the things of God. If everything looks the same today as it did on the day of your salvation, you have not grown in the Lord. And we're called to grow. We're called to get in the water. Each of us needs to look at ourselves at the beginning of this new year and see just how little we have grown in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. How little we've grown in the Spirit. How little in the knowledge of God since last year. We need to determine how much more we want to grow. We need to determine what depth we're willing to go to. Now, in Ezekiel's vision in the passage we just read, the the land was nourished by a stream coming out of the temple. And the Spirit of the Lord walked with Ezekiel and took him out of the temple and walked with him along the edge of the stream. And they measured out a thousand cubics And Ezekiel was told to step into the water. And Ezekiel stepped in the water and the water was ankle deep. And then he got out of the water and they walked another thousand feet. And he was told again to get in the water and he got back into the water. This time the water was knee deep. Then he got out of the water and he walked again and he went another thousand cubics down. And when he got down that next thousand cubics, he went back into the water and the water was waist deep. And he made his way out of the water and he got back onto the dry land and he walked another thousand feet and he turned to get in the water and lo and behold, the water had become a river so deep that you would have to swim if you entered it. Too deep for your feet to touch the bottom. A sink or swim type atmosphere. I want to ask you this morning, At the beginning of this new year, I want to ask you how deep is your faith? How deep is the water of the living well, the living water of the well of God in your life? How deep 
is your faith. For some people, you have ankle-deep faith. Now, ankle-deep faith means that, that you get into the, to the water and, and ankle-deep faith allows you to walk through the water with the minimum of ease. It gets uh, get you out of the water without anyone knowing that you've even been in the water. It's so shallow, it's so easy to run in and out of that most people can't tell you have faith at all because your feet stay dry. They're easily shaken because your faith's ankle deep. Ankle deep water allows for no inconvenience in your life. It says that you don't have to change the way you're living. It's only ankle deep. People might see you in the water. They might say, look at that person. They're in the water, but it may only be ankle deep. But at least you're in the water, you say. Ankle deep faith dries up as quickly as the water we wipe off our feet. When you need faith, it's not there. Because ankle-deep faith doesn't last. We didn't stay in the stream long enough to go, go deep enough to be saturated by the water, by the things of God. And so when we get out of that water, there's nothing left with us to strengthen us. Ankle-deep faith can also indicate we haven't learned to swim because we're too afraid to get any further in the water. I think ankle-deep faith is what Jesus was talking about over in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. We read these words. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Ankle deep faith may get your feet wet, but they certainly dry quickly. The first place the Spirit took Ezekiel was a thousand cubics down the path and into the ankle-deep water. But ankle-deep water wasn't for Ezekiel. Ezekiel wanted something else. So Ezekiel got out of the water and the Spirit of the Lord took him another thousand feet, thousand cubics down the path. And again, he entered back into the water. And this time, he entered into knee-deep water. He had a knee-deep Faith. Now, knee-deep faith is not quite as convenient as ankle-deep faith. It slows us down a little more, but not too much. We can run through ankle-deep faith, but we have to walk through knee-deep faith. We must roll up the hems on our pants or, or our dress, and, and we need to to get them a little higher to get into the knee-deep faith. But other than that, nothing really changes. You see, you can be in knee-deep water and get out quickly. You just have to walk a little bit faster. 
You can run in and out of ankle water, but you can easily get out of knee-deep water. And knee-deep faith has the difference of a matter of convenience. When we have ankle-deep faith, we're not inconvenienced at all. Nothing in our life changes. We live in our sin. We live as if God doesn't matter because we're going to do what we want to do. And our ankle-deep faith allows us to be in church occasionally. And occasionally we come to church. And that is the extent of our faith. Knee-deep faith is different. We don't mind being inconvenienced a little bit. But not much. Knee-deep faith, we want some faith, but not a lot of faith. We want some of the Holy Spirit, but not enough for the Holy Spirit to control us. We want to give to God out of the substance of what we have, but we don't want to give Him a tithe and a gift above that. We want to provide service for the Lord, but we want to choose what and when and how we serve. Knee-deep faith has a lot more convenience with it. Knee-deep faith is the faith that we see that's described to the church of Laodicea in the Revelation. And you remember what the Lord said of the church at Laodicea? It was lukewarm. And He spit it out of His mouth. Knee-deep faith is neither hot or cold. It renders some service, calls for some commitment, possesses some love of God, claims to have some of the Spirit of God, but it cannot go into the deeper things of God. And knee-deep faith does not sustain us in the trials of life. Some people have ankle-deep faith. Some people have knee-deep faith. But Ezekiel didn't stop with just that. Ezekiel came back out of the water and the Spirit of the Lord walked with him another thousand cubits down the pathway. And as he went down the pathway, he came to another place to enter the water and he entered the water in waist-deep faith. Now, I believe that the majority of churches today and the majority of Christians today are in waist-deep faith. And I want you to understand that, that that's, that's far better than ankle-deep or knee-deep faith. Most of us are in waist-high faith, waist-deep faith in our faith. For most of us, our commitments to God, to our faith, to our church, are strong enough that we're not going to readily run away from it. We know that we cannot get out of the water quickly enough. We are so submerged in the water that it's evident to those around us that we are in the will of God, or in the water of God. It's waist deep. Too deep to run from, but deep enough to show that you've been in the water if you get out. 
we spend our lives slowly and tediously wading through waist-deep water. Waist-deep in the Spirit. Waist-deep in grace. Waist-deep in love of God. Waist-deep in the Word of God. Waist-deep in Christ. The mistake, the mistake most of us make is not striving for something deeper than waist-deep faith. The mistake we made is that we're satisfied with where we are spiritually. Our faith is solid, so why would we want anything else? No matter what happens in our lives, no matter who comes or goes within the church, what is asked of us we do, and we're committed to the work of God because we're waist deep in it. We're satisfied with our current level of faith. We don't want anything more. When I was growing up in, in, in our hometown, my two brothers and I learned to swim at the local city swimming pool. We had a, a city pool on one side of town and we could ride our bicycles across town and go to the swimming pool in the summertime and we spent almost every day at the swimming pool that we possibly could, and that was just about every day. Now, when we were small, obviously we couldn't swim, so mother signed us up for swimming lessons at the city pool. And we went to the city pool, and we learned how to swim. Now, we had to swim so far to pass the course in shallow water. But on the other end of the swimming pool, past the rope that divided the pool, there was extremely deep water. This was back in the days that we had high diving boards. And we had lower diving boards. And we wanted to be over there and be able to jump off the board. But we couldn't go over there if we couldn't pass the test. So we desired to be in the deep water. Now to be in the deep water, you had to prove that you could swim across the width of the pool without stopping and without trouble. And you'd get a lifeguard, and you'd tell the lifeguard, I'm going to take my test now, and they'd stand there and say, okay. And you would be in the water, and you'd start swimming, and they would watch you as you swam all the way across. If you made it, they say, fine, you can go in the deep end. If you didn't make it, they would watch you and not allow you in the deep end. We wanted to be in the deep water. In order to be in the deep water, we had to put out the effort to be in the deep water. Deep water faith takes an effort on our part. We got to want it. We got to say that there's more to my faith, more to my service, more to my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ than what I have right now and we have to be willing to try and get it I am a John Wayne fan I love John Wayne movies and and have watched them and one of my favorite John Wayne movies uh, was the 1953 movie Hondo now in the movie Hondo there's a scene 
And I want, to, I want to describe the scene to you. It's one of the 20 best scenes of John Wayne, according to, to the history buffs and movie buffs. In this scene, John Wayne walks down to the edge of a stream, a creek. And there's a little boy there fishing. And he says, son, catching any fish? The little boy says, no, I'm not catching any fish. Mama says the fish are on the other side. John Wayne says, well, why don't you go to the other side and catch fish? And he says, I, I can't. And he said, why can't you go to the other side? And the little boy says, because I can't swim. And John Wayne looks at the little boy and, and says, uh, boy, how old are you? The little boy says, I'm six years old. And John Wayne grabs him by the nape of the collar of the shirt and he grabs his, his other hand on the boy's waist uh, of his jeans and he picks him up and throws him into the middle of the stream. He hits that middle of the stream and he's just struggling and frailing. About that time, his mother runs up just screaming and yelling, help him, help him, help him. And John Wayne says, he'll be all right. That's the way I learned to swim. <laughs> and he tells the little boy, he said, now just reach out in front of you and grab some water and pull it back to you. Now take your other hand and reach out and grab some water and pull it back to you. Now do it again. Not so fast. And the little boy swims to the other side. And he stands up. He's just beaming. He swam across the, the creek. His mama says, how's he going to get back? <laughs> and John Wayne said, he's going to swim. But what if he drowns? You'll jump in and save him. But I can't swim. <laughs> and then she looks up and he looks down and she takes off. Deep water faith. We got to dive in and we got to swim. Deep water faith. You have to want it, you have to desire it. You can grow to waist deep faith. That's not hard. You can start out at ankle deep faith and love the Lord and move with, with faith into the knee deep level and love the Lord and move by faith into waist deep water. And you can be perfectly satisfied because everything's going great. You're serving God and you're in waist deep water. But you got to want deep water faith. Brother Gary and I were talking in between services. I had not heard his testimony until this morning and obviously he had not heard the sermon until this morning and we were talking, and I said, Brother, that is deep water faith. You've exercised deep water faith. Deep water faith is saying to God, Lord, whatever your will is, I'll do it. Deep water faith is not satisfied with the status quo, it wants more. Deep water faith wants to go deeper in the Spirit, deeper in the Word of God, deeper in faith deeper in grace, deeper in love, and deeper in doing the will of God in your life. When we experience deep water faith, it's faith enough that we have to swim in it. We don't hold back any dry areas of our life. You're totally saturated with the things of God. You haven't given God parts of your life. You've given Him everything. 
You haven't said, Lord, I will one day. You said, Lord, when will you want me to do this? You'll be willing to say, not my will, but thy will be done. You know you're not partially forgiven, you're fully forgiven. You know you're not partially cleansed, but you're completely cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. You'll know that the Word of God is real and in your life, and you'll try and live according to the Word of God and the will of God. You've got to want deep water faith. Deep water faith no longer stands on its own feet or tries to walk or run, run through the water in its own power. Deep water faith relies on God, on the Holy Spirit to take us through the water. We learn to rely on God's Word and put our trust in God as never before. And when our faith is deep enough to swim in, there's no turning back. There's no walking away or, or quitting when our feelings get hurt. There's no being chased away by people who talk about us. There's no longer any being driven away by confusion or misunderstanding. And there's no leaving the church because you don't like the preacher or the minister or the teacher. You're not here for them, you're here because of God. And let me tell you, as a pastor for 40 years, and I would tell my congregation, and hear me carefully, I don't want you here because you like me. And if you're here and you don't like me, I don't want you to leave because we're not here for me. Everything we do should be and is for the honor and the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Deep water faith puts our trust in God like nothing else. Deep water faith can be frightening. It can be scary because of the commitment and the daring it calls for. But it's that kind of faith that will get us through to the other side. It's that kind of faith that will make us more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. It's the type of faith Peter showed us when he stepped out of the boat and went to meet Jesus in the sea. It's that kind of faith we saw when Daniel played and cuddled with the lions in the lion's den. It's that kind of faith that three young men shared as they entered into a fiery furnace. It's a kind of faith that we see in the early church when thousands were added daily to the will of God and the Word of God and the work of God, added to the church daily because the people had deep water faith in what God can do. Deep water faith is what it's going to take for us to accomplish the vision God has given this church for the years ahead. Plant 10 new churches in 10 years. That's deep water faith. Raise up 100 individuals during a vocational ministry or missions out of this congregation. 
That's deep water faith. Train a thousand, one thousand new leaders to go forth out of this congregation. That's deep water faith. To make 10,000 new disciples to the glory of God. That's deep water faith. Come to a close to ask you a simple question. How deep was your faith in 2022? How deep do you want your faith to be? in 2023. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God and faith begins when we receive Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. The Bible is explicitly clear when it says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you're here this morning and you're thinking, you know, I, I don't know that I have any faith at all. Or I'm not sure where my faith is. Faith begins when you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. Others are reviewing this past year and these past years. And you know you've been too satisfied with where you are. And you need to be able to say to the Lord, Lord, I want some deeper water. I'm ready to sink or swim. I'm ready to move into deep water faith. Where are you today? In your faith. Father, I come to you this morning to, to praise your holy name. To thank you for the love that you've given to us and shown to us through Christ Jesus. To pray, Father, for a deeper faith. Lord, to, to dive into that water. To move forward. To honor you. To glorify you. Father, I pray this morning for my brothers and sisters here, for those that haven't met you, that those have just begun their faith journey. Lord, just give us a desire for more. Give us a genuine desire for a deeper faith. Let today begin the day of the year of walking deeper, closer to You. Father, we praise Your holy name for the way You've already talked to hearts, for decisions that have already been made. And we pray for those that need to make a decision this morning. Lord, give them that ankle-deep faith to cause them to walk forth to the deep water. Father, this is our prayer in Jesus' name.